ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Ed on Scuffs. I am your host, Justin Seeger, and ladies and gentlemen, we've got a full lineup tonight. This is probably the first time since summer started. Uh, something about that summer heat finally getting everybody back on here. Uh, so let's, without further ado, let's get into some introductions. First and foremost, uh, our famous uh, our famous Texan of the group, Mr. Zach Bell. Uh, Zach, it's been a while. How are you doing? Nope. Wow, I I mentioned him and he left. You scared him away. His camera was frozen for the entire intro, so I think his internet might have dropped. You know what? I don't believe that. I believe that he. Uh, I believe that he got scared and ran away, and his uh, his camera freezing was on purpose. Fair that's, enough. That's what I'm going to go with anyway. Uh, well, let's uh, for uh, Tommy Williams. Uh, glad to see y'all back. It's good to be back. We had a, an off week uh, last week due to some technical issues. Uh, we've got those fixed. We're back and we are ready to go. Uh, so, uh, Mike, I'm I'm a little mad at you right now just because I'm sure it's not nearly as hot as it is uh, down here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not even. It's hot, uh, don't get me wrong, but it ain't like south hot. Um and and for that simple reason, I'm gonna save you for last on the on the introduction. Uh so uh starting off with our resident Florida man, Mr. Dan Foster. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Uh speaking of that heat, it still feels like it's in the nineties outside right now. So uh glad to be inside in the AC and not sweating too much today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that it's Glad to be in the AC. I was out in the heat this morning uh, till about noon uh, doing some work, so uh, it, it was tough. Uh, Ryan, our favorite, uh, probably our favorite Ohioan. Sorry, Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know, That's fair. Uh, <laughs> he's my favorite Ohioan, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, he said, hey, guys, how's it going? It's uh, going pretty good. Uh, like Dan said, we're, we're thankful for AC, Matt Nicholson. Uh, I, I would agree. I agree. It is. Uh, it, it, I'm telling you, uh, it's it's becoming my uh, my summer motto. There's a reason why they call South the, Bi- the South the Bible Belt. Uh, so um, it's uh, it's certainly uh, certainly hot down here. Uh, someone else who knows a little bit about the heat on our team, our producer, Mr. Zach Williams. You're down there in Florida too. Has the heat been treating you? Uh, it's it's been brutal. You know, I actually I screenshotted for one of my friends in California today. It was like I think it was like seven o'clock at night, and it was still like ninety degree real feel with sixty seven percent humidity. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. You know, I feel like throughout the summer, I feel like a lot of our intros have been focused on the heat. What are we going to talk about when it's not hot outside? Like, what are we going to talk about? And I'll be praising Mother hot. Nature. <laughs> although, although us in the southeast, we have hurricanes. So, hey, yeah. there's no telling. We get hurricane. Well, maybe we'll have a good hurricane party. Y'all are going <laughs> to be talking. Y'all are going to be talking about me being buried in snow. That's what you're going to be talking about. Move south, young man. Haven't you been told? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let, let me let me see if I understand this here. Y'all are complaining about the heat down there, and y'all are born and raised Southerners, and you want an Ohioan to move down there to now? Well, 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 hang on, hang on. Let, let me let me let me let you know something. There there was a news article over the other day 
This is the 11th hottest summer on record in the U.S. and the hottest summer on record in Florida. Yeah, so it's I four degrees there. higher than it's four <laughs> degrees higher on average than usual this year. I'll pro- to- like I said, I'll probably come visit you in the winter, but that'd be about. I don't it. blame you. <laughs> hey, you, can, you can move south, Mike. But I'm not gonna to t- We're full. I'm gonna tell you right now in Ohio, are we, it, are we it saying is 80 degrees with a real feel of 87, and that's about now, where I'm going to fly I south for the winter. <laughs> uh, yeah, parkas, uh, parkas in 60 degrees. I, 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 I won't put a parka on in 60, but if we get down in the 30s, you might you might see me put on a coat. <laughs> Ryan, I, I will give you a. Uh, I will personally pay for you uh, to come down here to to Mississippi or to Florida uh, if if you're looking for for the heat because I promise you we have all of it. Well, <laughs> all of it. February, we're we're supposed to get it on Thursday. They're calling for heat indexes up into the mid 100s to 110s. So yeah, we're yeah we're we're getting that that too uh well mike uh i've i've held you off long enough uh zach bell is still trying to figure out his internet issues uh so uh mike how are you doing this evening i'm doing absolutely fantastic i've never been more excited in my life this past weekend to see a hendrick driver that's already won mr william byron win that race because that means that both kevin harvick and brad kozlowski are locked into the playoffs yeah, that's uh, that's true. We've got a, a couple more drivers locked in. Uh, one spot left up for grabs, and we're going to be talking about that in our show tonight. I st- uh, I don't have to simultaneously pull my hair out and bite my nails in Daytona, so I'm okay with this. The heat in uh, Matt Nicholson said the heat index last week in Dega was 118. Uh, I know Saturday night. Uh, in Daytona is a night race, but it's still going to be pretty hot oh, down there in Florida it's for be uh, so hot for for that for, for that late August race uh, down in Daytona, and it's going to be hot uh, not just uh, for not just for the temperature wise, it's going to be hot on track as well, and we're going to get into all the reasons why a little bit later. In the meantime, Zach, uh, I I think he might be. I think he's trying to come in on his phone. Uh, right now so we'll let him uh we'll give him a couple a couple more minutes um so uh yeah that's that's what he's trying to get in on his phone anyways let's uh go ahead and kind of preview what our what we've got on our show tonight we've got uh a race review segment of course we're going to get into that uh we had cup and xfinity at watkins Glen, and then we've got some scuff stories to talk about uh, and then we're going to play a little feel goods or flats. We've got one more race before the playoffs, and I think this feel goods or flats is going to be a fun one for that. Uh, and then we'll give you guys a fantasy update, and then we're gonna we're gonna give you our race pick. So that's kind of our show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe uh, or follow us uh, if you're not already. And of course, check out our website. And I'm going to uh, to emphasize that a little bit. Uh, because it has officially been updated. Um, it's It was in desperate need of an update, and I spent uh, some time Saturday updating it. Uh, we have been at the racetrack, and uh, you guys can now see that on our website. Uh, now just go to runningonscuffs.com. Uh, so we appreciate that. Um, without further ado, uh, Zach, let's go ahead and get into our race review segment here. 
And uh, we'll be, like I said, we'll be bringing Zach Bell back up here uh, whenever we get the chance. Uh, so, uh, actually, we're going to go ahead and try to bring him back on now. Zach, how you doing, buddy? Uh, can you all hear me first? For yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we can right. hear you. Because I cannot see myself on the show, so that's why I'm asking. But I'm good. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long summer. Um, for those of you that watched Big Brother, there was a guy who didn't know how to speak English one summer, and he called it a yatus or a hiatus. So uh, I've been on a long yatus. What? Well, it certainly sounds a lot better than you just skipped. And that was. Because no, I mean, been I'm a, pretty, pretty sure that's what we've been, been a, telling people. It's, <laughs> been a hiatus yatus uh you know for like a a great rebirth the downfall of chase elliott has reinvigorated my entire soul that's all it took that's that's all it took so i guess you kind of have to pick because uh zach bell is coming back for the downfall of chase elliott and zach williams might quit because of it so We'll, we'll see how how that goes uh Speaking of which, uh, Chase Elliott's going to be part of what we talk about here uh, in our race review uh, segment for Watkins Glen. Uh, thank you, Zach, for getting our top 10 up there. You can see them scrolling across the bo- uh, the bottom. Uh, so, yeah, we had two races uh, going on in Watkins Glen for the premier series of NASCAR, uh, the Cup Series on Sunday and the Xfinity Series on Saturday, and we've got some things to talk about for both. So uh, let's go ahead and start with the Cup Series on Sunday. First and foremost, William Byron has made it back to victory lane for the now fifth time as we lose Zach Bell again. Um, so uh, William Byron back on top uh, in victory lane. This is kind of a statement win. I know it's a road course. It doesn't really, it doesn't appear in the playoffs. It doesn't have a whole lot of implications besides points. But one thing I think this really does is it reestablishes William Byron as a championship favorite, uh, now having two wins on the next in line, which being Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch uh, with three apiece. I think having these five wins really helps uh, William Byron. It establishes that they've kind of made it past their summer slump. And it also kind of helps us see that they didn't necessarily peak at the wrong time per se, uh, at least, at least in the early uh, aftermath here. Uh, Dan, what did you think about William Byron's uh, statement win at Watkins Glen? No, I, like you said, I think this kind of puts him as a front runner for the, uh, at least for the, the, the final four appearance, maybe not the championship just yet. Um, but I, th- I think this definitely kind of is, is showing, Hey, you know, I'm a contender. I'm, I'm going to be out there every week. I'm going to, you know, constantly uh, be towards the, the front of the field. And basically it's going to be a force to be reckoned with by the end of the season. So um, I know right now we're pretty much only him and uh, Larson are locked into the playoffs. I know Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, they both have a chance to possibly win their way into the, uh, this weekend, but uh, basically with them two in and and him showing the way he, he's been racing lately, I don't see why he wouldn't be a top four favorite. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he, It was certainly, like I said, I feel like it was a statement win for him just to get back in victory lane. They had a few weeks where they weren't uh, towards the top. They'd lost the regular season points lead. They'd even fallen to third 
uh, in the regular season point standings, which even having the most wins uh, certainly seemed like it was hurting the 24 team. Now they're back on top. They're back on top of the uh, of the playoff grid uh, in terms of playoff points. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., uh, if you follow kind of the uh, the regular season point standings, Truex was at one time actually set to uh, be ahead of Byron uh, simply by – where he was in the regular season championship. Now William Byron has retaken that uh, with his win here at Watkins Glen, even with where he's sitting in points. So, uh, I mean, Zach Bell, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you on this. Uh, do you think this makes uh, this reestablishes William Byron as the championship favorite? Uh, no, he's not the championship favorite. Um, to me, I don't think this changes much for William Byron, at least the way I see him. Um, he was a championship four contender before he still is now. Um, but I don't, I don't think like it, it doesn't change my opinion on anything for the way his playoffs were shaping up. This is a team I know we talked about that's traditionally been cold during the summer. Um, and that doesn't really seem to affect them much in the playoffs. So I'm really not, I don't know. I mean, it's nice to have the bonus points, like, it gives you the little bit of extra comfort, like going into Martinsville, if he doesn't have a win in that round of eight. Um, but other than that, like it really doesn't change too much for me. It doesn't. This has. This doesn't really change anything about what he can do at Phoenix, in my opinion. He does have a uh, a win at Phoenix earlier this year, so that's going to help him uh, if he can make it to the Final Four. Certainly helps uh, put his name up there. Uh, we're going to see how it. Uh, how that works. He's also got uh, wins at Las Vegas. He's got wins uh, at Daytona, which can help him out at a track such as Talladega. Uh, so certainly places that he can win uh, in the playoffs. Uh, one thing from from the top of the leaderboard all the way down to the bottom, I want to talk about uh, last week's winner, uh, Michael McDowell, which we, uh, we did not get to talk about much uh, last week due to our technical issues. It from from bad to uh, or from the highest to highest to the lowest to lows for uh, for Michael McDowell. Um, ultimately, it was a, a pit road penalty that that cost him, and then uh, and then the car ultimately gave out on him, which costed Michael McDowell uh, an even decent finish. He ended up finishing last. He did get another playoff point though uh, by winning stage one. Um, Mike, I want to go to you on this one. Uh, is Michael McDowell? Uh, I don't know. Did he establish himself as any sort of a round of twelve threat, or is he still a round of sixteen exit? Um, I think he'll be a round of twelve threat. But I mean, then again, these last two weeks were road courses, so it's like, yeah. I think he could get into the round of 12, but I would not at all sh- be shocked to see him exit in the round of 16. Yeah, I think the round of 16 could be a, could be a tough one. The The playoffs are shaping up interesting, uh, at least uh, the way I see it. I think uh, having someone like uh, McDowell, Stenhouse, um, in the playoffs uh, competing, having both of these guys, I think it's easy to look at both of them and say that they're an easy round of 16 exit, but you never know. It, it's uh, 
it's something that we could potentially see them make a run for, for a round of 12. I think the next-gen car certainly helps their chances, uh, but we'll see. Um, so one thing we saw uh, at Watkins Glen that we've seen at pretty much every other road course this season, uh, no stage cautions. Uh, this was stage-free, um, or stage caution-free, I should say. Um and this race uh, was the shortest race in the in NASCAR's modern era uh, out of races that have gone their scheduled distance. Um, Dan, you're kind of NASCAR's historian, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go to you on this one. Uh, what do you think about the stage caution? Should we bring them back? Should we not? I, are the road courses a bad I- example or? I feel like it's a bad sample size. Um, I personally was not a fan of the stage cautions when they first announced them back however many years ago now. Um, they've grown on me over time because it's just something that I kind of felt like we were never really going to get away from it. But now that they've introduced this on the road courses, I think there may be hope that, hey, we'll have stages, but we're just going to award points and just keep on driving. Um, I do th- like that it takes that little bit of strategy out, especially the road courses, because they were kind of backwards anyways, where for the longest it was always pit as soon as you can. That way you can run the, basically run the race backwards and, and, and on an empty tank. Um, but I, I think this will open up the strategy a little bit more and give them more opportunity and chance uh, so where they're not having to worry about track position so much for the, re- for the restart. Um, but I, I hope, fingers crossed, we get out completely every track, every race, no stage caution. Um, but I think this weekend, um, with it being a, a shorter time race, obviously the same distance as usual, but the, the time frame of it, uh, I think that's something that a lot of sports are looking into. I know baseball with the pitch clock um, and stuff like that. They're looking at trying to shorten it up the actual time of the game. Um, and I think that's something NASCAR may be looking at as well is to shorten up the, the, the time of the race. Um, the tension span, unfortunately, nowadays has really gotten a lot shorter for most adult humans. Um, and a lot of people can't sit and watch a four hour race or a four hour baseball game or so, uh, a soccer game or a football game or whatever it may be. And I think this may be something NASCAR is looking at. And I hope we do get back to the fact that we don't have the stage cautions. We just keep on racing. That's certainly an interesting take. I see Ryan down in the uh, the comments. He says, give me stage breaks again. Um, I just, I'm torn. I think, uh, you know, I enjoy watching a, a dominant performance uh, and I enjoy watching a race where, you know, it does go from end to end without a caution. We only had one caution in that race uh, anyway. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Zach, I want to know, uh, Zach Bell, uh, I want to know your opinion on this. Uh, Do we do we keep stages uh, or do we keep stage breaks or do we consider getting rid of them at other tracks? Uh, So I would say like I'm okay with stage breaks, actually. I don't I don't think that like the way that they, you know, sold them to us is that they're, you know, for for commercials and to fit them in better 
so we can watch more racing action. I think that's a little bullshit, to be honest. Um, I think it's for more commercials, but just so they can get more ad revenue. But I'll say this. I, I think that on tracks that aren't road courses and super speedways, I think that I think that it's actually a benefit. I, I think about the mile and a half. So I think about all the wonderful restarts we've seen and mile and a half and intermediate tracks around the around the series and some you know, some antics on restarts at a place like Phoenix. I think it adds some value to these tracks personally. Uh, so I'm okay with it. I actually think it's a good thing. I mean, if you want to tell me, you know, just the road courses, make, make it a interval, any track larger than two miles, we don't have stages on. And, that, and that, you know, that's fine. Uh, two miles in Atlanta, I guess, if you want to say Atlanta. Um, I don't know. I think it's fine. And I, I get your point, Justin, about seeing dominant performances, but I'll raise you this. If that car and that driver is that dominant, then who the hell cares when the cautions come, if they're stages or not? They can be able to dominate. They should be able to dominate without stages, with or with with stages. Excuse me. Um, yeah, personally, but to kind of contradict that last little bit, Zach, this car that NASCAR has made on specific tracks, road courses specifically, it is super hard to pass, regardless of if you have a good car or not. Chase Elliott this weekend had one of the fastest cars when he had gas in it. But he could not really get up and pass cars. He, he really couldn't make those moves through the field, even though he had one of the top two or three cars. So, yes, it's okay to have a dominant performance. But if you're, you're in a car that the setup and the, you know, the regulations that NASCAR has set does not allow you to really pass cars. I mean, there really wasn't a car in the top 20 that didn't qualify in the top 20 this weekend. Just because the fact that it's so hard to pass, especially on the road courses, um, Watkins Glen specifically this weekend, but there are other tracks as well that it makes it that hard to pass. So you don't get those dominant performances like you're talking about because somebody, hey, I go in the pits and I get passed under caution because whatever it may be, so I took two tires, four tires, whatever, that dominant performance goes out the window. I also want to say a comment on what Dan said about the attention span part of it. We have seen, especially this year, a lot of restart wrecks just from the field being bunched up. So not throwing the caution there makes the race shorter. I'm personally in favor of them getting rid of them at every single track. Well, I think there's a double-edged um, sword with the, with the... Go ahead, Zach. I was just, I was just going to refute Dan's point about Chase Elliott. Um, respectfully, I mean, Chase was fast, but like, uh, Dan, the stat is, is like the past, like 10 Watkins Glen winners have all started inside the top 10. This is not a next gen problem. Okay. It simply is not. This is, this is, this is a track thing. This is, this is a high speed road course, Dan. Okay. Watkins Glen may not and, be the uh, next gen problem, but there are other tracks that are, I mean, the short track package is terrible right now. Right. But we're talking about a race at Watkins Glen, Dan, on a road course. I understand they use the same package, but we're not talking about what it does at Martinsville. We're talking about what it does at Watkins Glen. Well, no, I was talking about I was talking about a dominating performance in general with with taking out the stage cautions. It doesn't matter which track it's at. Right, but to me, 
there was a dominant car that still dominated. And we've seen dominant performances in the stage area. Stage area. So I don't understand what your point is. The state, stages here or not does not change. To me, if they stop this race for stages, I mean, maybe the strategy changes. But does, does anybody think that William Byron doesn't win this race? I mean, if, if, if they had cautions and McDowell didn't blow up, I think McDowell wins that race. Right. Okay. But he won stage one. Uh, okay, fine. Let me rephrase the question. There, To me, at the end of stage one, there were three guys that could have won this race. One guy blew up. One guy finished first. One guy finished second. Did anybody think at the end of stage one, if they had stopped that race and thrown an actual yellow, any of those three wouldn't have won that race? I mean, I think Ty Gibbs and AJ Allmendinger were are both aggressive enough drivers to have tried to make a move on it. Right, I can get that, but like with the restart, pace, it bunches up the field and it gives drivers. We had, I mean, look, we had look, a late race restart. Look at the Xfinity race, race with Sam Mayer and how he was able to push him out of the way with that late restart. Whoa, 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 whoa. He did not. Oh, you know, I'm going to save my thoughts for that. Later. <laughs> we, we are going to get to the Xfinity race a little bit we'll later. Get that. Pushing him out of the way is a very soft way of putting it. But <laughs> nevertheless, back to the point, we had a late race restart. We did. To me, a late race restart is anything within a fuel run to the end. Mm. And we had a late race restart. There was 30 to go. They had all the opportunity in the world. And I, th- me, I think the best a late car race won. is 10 laps or less. Maximum 15, depending yeah. on the track. I mean, look, these guys knew. They, they said it was hard to pass. To me, to me, it, it, it's really not anything to do with other than the fact that uh, the next gen, it's a little bit hard to pass on road courses and short tracks. But on top of that, this is like the NASCAR road course, Watkins Glen, you know? Like, it's the most NASCAR of NASCAR road courses. It's high speed. It's wide, open, open season across the track. There's no track limits. You can run on curbs. You can run in the grass. To me, this is a product of a car that's hard to pass. The drivers are fast. And unlike a track like the Indy Road Course or Chicago or maybe like a – or Sonoma even, where there's less – where there's not quite as much forgiveness – in the racetrack, um, this is this is what you get. You know, is it's harder to pass because everybody's better here. You know, simply put, I, I think that this is the drivers are being the drivers have gotten better, and that's why we don't see as much passing personally. But if we're not going to see, I mean, if we're going to see a dominant performance in the state, I mean, in the stage era anyway, then what's the point of like, what's the point of having stage breaks? I mean. I mean, if we're going to see one driver dominate it either way, like, say, out of Watkins Glen, say William Byron dominates the whole race, what's the point of having the stage, like, the stage breaks? I mean, I, you asked my opinion on them, and I gave my opinion saying that, to me, I'm, I like that. I like that it's stage-free on the road courses. Um, but, I mean, if we're going to transfer this to an oval – uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't change which of their stages or not, but at least it add, it adds something into the storyline, you know. To me, road courses um, in general have enough natural challenges put into them for the drivers that ovals simply do not, um, in this series at least. And so that, to me, is a difference, personally. 
I'd like to see uh, them try something with stage breaks uh, without caution or actually without the break uh, at something like a Richmond where the, uh, the track really eats up the tires. Uh, I would like to see them do a Richmond race with no cautions uh, for the stages, have them run a full fuel run and put the stage in like the last lap of a stage, like right in the middle of a pit cycle and then have it where, and then, so are you going to stay out and get those stage points or are you going to pit? And because if you, if you pit early, you're going to gain three, four seconds. Because it's Richmond. I'm staying out. I don't care how old my tires are. I'm staying out. I'm taking that chance. I mean, it. I, I mean, they, it's something something that could add a, a little bit of flair, even at a like a mile and a half. Uh, you know, if you if you wanted to, if you wanted to do a mile and a half, uh, something like that, uh, something where you could like, if I'm running in eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, maybe I pit a couple laps early, uh, just to maybe try to leapfrog somebody in front of me uh, with the fresh tires and short pitting them uh, while someone in the top 10 might, uh, might stay out and get the stage points. Since Darlington's the throwback weekend, I say we do it at Darlington, cut the stage cautions, go back to old, old time races with no cautions. I assume, I assume the Roval is going to have no cautions, right? Like it should. Of course. Would have no cautions because Indio or Indy Roval didn't. Because it, at first I was going to say I don't know if I necessarily like it, like just throwing something like that into the playoffs. But then again, they're doing it at the Roval, so I mean, no, they should not change the rules during the season. I agree. Sure. I have always been a fan of that. Anyways, uh, the only used, rules that should used, be changed during the season are safety related. They used to change the the actual um, packages and like on race weekend. Come to Talladega, yeah. you have a four inch spoiler. Oh, guess what? Y'all too fast. We're gonna give you four and a half inch spoiler. Yeah. Add a wicker bill on top of the car. Like man, y'all the nineties. I'm telling you, was wild. All right, so we've got we've got somewhat of a of a split decision on the stage breaks. Ryan gave his uh, opinion on the stage breaks uh, down in the comments. Uh, if you're watching, let us know what you guys think of stage breaks. Should we add them back to every track? Should we take them away from every track? Should we, should we test it out? What ideas do you have uh, for that? The good, the bad, and the ugly for stage breaks. Uh, well, gentlemen, on a, another note, uh, after Watkins Glen, there is one spot left for the playoffs. Uh <laughs> Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick have locked themselves in on points thanks to William Byron's win. Uh, They are locked in. They're going to be in the playoffs. That means 15 of the 16 spots have officially been taken. There's only one left. It is currently being held by one Bubba Wallace, who is 32 points above the cut line. Ty Gibbs, uh, thirty-two behind, and I just realized on the uh, on the banner I accidentally put Ty Gibbs thirty-two above. Typo on my behalf. Oh well. Uh, and Daniel Suarez, forty-three. You might notice that the uh, that our playoff banner is a little shorter than it has been in recent <laughs> weeks. 
And here's the reason why. If you're not on that playoff banner, you cannot get in on points. Uh, I know we've we've made a mockery kind of as a NASCAR community uh, as a whole about the Chase Elliott. You know, Chase Elliott has to win. Maybe he doesn't. He has to win. Maybe he doesn't. It, he has to now. It's a it's officially a must win scenario. Uh, it's a must win for Chase Elliott. It's a must win for Alex Bowman, AJ Allmendinger, Justin Haley, three of the four Stuart Haas drivers. I mean, if your name is not on this list, you've got to win if you want a spot in the playoffs. See, here's but here's the uh, here's the catch, <clears throat> and gentlemen, we all know this, but the catch to this is it's at Daytona. <laughs> Shake them and throw them. It's a crapshoot, boys. <laughs> I'm I'm dangling a carrot in front of your face, and I'm telling you that. Any one of you could get it. Ty Dillon's sitting like 32nd in points. He could go out and win this race, and he'd be in the playoffs. Calm down. Let's, <laughs> let's actually be serious here. And, and, and his brother would miss it. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I paid good money for Austin Dillon's TV show to come back well, for Ty that's Dillon's how, win. That, that's how Austin Dillon got in last year. He got lucky after the big one. Oh, well, yes, he not did. not do it two years in a row. Mama Seeger, she's uh, she commented said a lot of must wins is going to make for an interesting race this weekend. Yeah, it certainly is. I'm I'm like I said, I'm dangling a carrot in front of everybody and saying any one of you could potentially get it. Um, so, so here here's my question on this: If you're Bubba Wallace, how do you race? You have a, a good buffer. Do you ride around in the back? I no, really because you win. If somebody wins, you're out. So I mean. You have do, to win. do you feel comfortable with the 32 you points or not? If you I'm going – if I'm not one of the 15 drivers going into Daytona with a guaranteed shot, I don't feel comfortable at all. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, Dan. I'm I'm actually going to answer your uh, – I'm going to answer your question in a few parts. Uh, personally, and this is just how I would race, if I'm one of the top 15 drivers – the 15 that have already locked themselves in, I would ride in the back. I'm saying, look, y'all can have it. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm just going to get my team some notes for Talladega. Um, if, uh, if I'm Bubba Wallace, I think you have to try to stage race. Um, because if Bubba Wallace can earn enough stage points, he can make it where – Bubba Wallace can't necessarily control who crosses the finish line first, but he can go out, get some stage points and say, all right, if you want it, you've got to win. Like, you know, make it as hard for everyone else as, as humanly possible. And I, I think that's what, I, I think if you're Bubba, I think that's what you have to do. I think you've got to try to get the stage points and just make it a must win for everybody. Um, And whatever, Whatever comes out after that comes out, but you know, um, that's how I would race. I'm sure Ty Gibbs is probably thinking the same thing. He's thinking, let's get as many stage points, uh, you know, let's get as many stage points as we possibly can and see what happens. But, uh, I don't know, Dan, how would you race if you were Bubba Wallace in this scenario? Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I think with the package they have, it's not 
the easiest to pass, but it's also not the hardest to pass as far as some of the packages we've seen at Daytona Talladega. Um, I think for the first 75% of the stage, I would be hanging out in the back and not really doing too much. Maybe grab some of those other top 15 drivers and just ride around. You know, my, my owner, Denny Hamlin, and the rest of my Toyota teammates are all already in except for, oh, no, he's the only one that's not in except for Ty Gibbs. So, I mean, hang out and ride around. And then once the stage starts gets close, try to make a run to the front, get as many stage points as possible. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel I'm always on the conservative side. I think those of you have who have played NASCAR Heat with me, I'm not the super aggressive one who wants to go up there and, you know, ruffle some feathers and try to get to the point and, and lead as many laps as possible. Uh, I'm fairly conservative and like to be smooth and steady, you know, on the tortoise in the race, not the hare. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm Bubba Wallace, I'm hanging out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not charging to the front and taking a chance to wreck my race car. That's an interesting, uh, interesting take there, Mike. You've uh, you've known as since Dan's going to bring up our heat league. Uh, <laughs> you've known to be a more aggressive type. Are you just uh, throwing it in there and seeing what happens? I, I mean, to be honest with you, money says that the smart thing to do at Daytona is right around towards the back. Don't get caught in the big one, and you're going to be just fine. So you got to weigh that versus hope, I, I guess, hoping there is a big one because if the air isn't and you're waiting all the way at the back, then you're just not getting in the playoffs. But I, I'm almost wondering if we'll see a battle between like the 15 plus guys that aren't in the playoffs. If we're going to see a battle for them to all hang back and try to avoid the big one. Well, look, not everybody can avoid it. That That's the problem here with Daytona. You can't all avoid the big one and, and go for the win at the same time. Um, somebody's going to have to throw it out there. Um, <clears throat> but if I'm Gibbs or Bubba, absolutely. you. It's full send, go. Yeah, try, to, I, try to win it. If I'm in Daniel Suarez's position, mathematically, Daniel Suarez could point his way in. But I think if you're Daniel Suarez, I, I think I'd go ahead and put myself kind of in that must-win category. Um, but definitely, I think for Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs, they're both going to be thinking, like, how does stage one and stage two go? Here's the problem for, I'm going to say more so Ty Gibbs. This is actually a plus for Bubba Wallace. Typically, if you're Ty Gibbs and Bubba Wallace, you're going to work together through the first couple of stages because you're both driving Toyotas. Uh, for Ty Gibbs, he can't afford that. He can't afford to win stage one and Bubba Wallace finish second or third or fourth or even fifth right behind him. You know, he needs Bubba Wallace to not get stage points and him get as many as possible. Um so that could, you know, we could see kind of a a split Toyota agenda going on there simply because of that. Um, Respectfully, Justin, I disagree. And why is that? Uh, because I I think that I I think that even Bubba Wallace isn't a must win. Where where Dan Dan especially falls short in this, and Mike as well is is the safest spot is the lead. Um. So to me. It depends on um, who's behind you. 
I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, we've seen Toyotas be able to control this race in stage one and stage two. And we've seen him do it at the 500. I think that's exactly what we see on Saturday. I, I think it's a Toyota dominated. I really don't think. I think Toyota's agenda is to make sure that one of those two guys obviously gets a 16th spot. And rather than have the Gibbs conglomerate, you know, help Ty Gibbs and, you know, maybe Tyler Reddick and Denny Hamlin work with Bubba Wallace, I think however the six of them run up front is how the six of them run up front, to be honest. And I think everybody else is in a must win, and therefore they're going to sit there and try to and try to hold on and avoid the big one and stuff, in my opinion. But I don't I don't think there's any strategy in which Ty Gibbs is going to be able to get the support from the Toyota Gant to overcome to overcome Bubba Wallace. So I think in my opinion his best bet is to stick with this is just to ride out the Toyota plan. And if something wild happens in stage three and Bubba gets caught up in a wreck and finishes thirty fifth and you finish second, third, you know, and you make it and he doesn't, then that's that's what happens, you know? But I don't think there's any way that they're going to – I don't think Toyota's going to split resources uh, for an agenda like that, I think, because there's so few of them. If this was someone other than, like – if this was maybe like a, a like Chase Elliott in 16th or Alex Bowman in 16th and Suarez in 17th or Almendinger in 17th, I think you'd see some split agendas across the Chevy camp, but I don't think you see that because the Toyotas are just such a few, such a small group compared to everybody else, you know? So I don't think they're afforded that luxury. I don't know if it, I mean, I, I don't know if you're, you're getting what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they, that Toyota necessarily doesn't have some sort of, uh, of plan to, you know, that might be their plan, but if you're Ty Gibbs in the 54 team, yeah, Toyota's, Toyota's plan is to get one of you into the playoffs. But if you're in the 54 camp, and particularly if you're at Joe Gibbs Racing, your plan is to get the 54 into the playoffs, not the 23. Uh, I know that they're a satellite team. They work very closely together. Martin Truex Jr. even said they're basically just teammates uh, in the 23-11 camp. But if you're the 54 team, you've got to be thinking, I need stage points and I need Bubba Wallace to not get stage points because that's that's the kind of game you're playing. Could someone else win? Could one of you win and it not matter? Sure, but it's not – I mean, at that point, you're – I mean, you have to treat every situation you can. And right now I think Ty Gibbs and Bubba Wallace both need to be chasing stage points. I mean, I and I absolutely agree as right. well that the um, the priority will be, in my opinion, to get Ty Gibbs into the playoffs, especially with him being a rookie. That's like a big, that's a huge storyline. Like Ty Gibbs in his first season makes NASCAR playoffs with good finish at Daytona. Like, uh, I don't know. I, do, I, I really think that. The Toyota agenda, like the the people within the Toyota walls, are going to have splitted. Like the drivers in the cars are going to have split agendas. So I think that they're going to have to race under the Toyota agenda. Now, if Ty Gibbs is good enough to come out and win the stages, and maybe maybe Bubba Wallace finishes fifth or sixth in this Toyota conglomerate, you know, and maybe that's how he picks up a few points here and there, you know. 
But you mean to tell me that Tyler Reddick's going to be pushing Ty Gibbs over Bubba Wallace? Where do you think Denny Hamlin's going to lie in all this? That's what you I know? want to know. Well, that's what Mama. <laughs> that's what Mama Seeger wants to know too. Yeah, Denny's going to get in front of Ty, but behind Bubba. He's helping both. There you go. There you go. Well, if he's in front of if he's in front of Ty and behind Bubba, he ain't helping both. He's helping Bubba. <laughs> no, he's pulling Ty along. Just keep on my bumper, kid. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and here's think about it like this. Think about how hard Ty Gibbs racing Denny Hamlin all damn day long yesterday. <laughs> and guess what? He didn't get past him, did he? Then he never once rolled over and let him by. Never once. So uh, to me, there there is the, the there is going to be split agendas in the Toyota camp, but because it's split, probably going to be three three. The best thing they can do is to put is just just have all six up front and then let the chips fall where they may. You know, to me. I mean, I get I get that Ty Gibbs is points racing, and, and if Ty Gibbs and Martin Truex and Christopher Bell are able to, you know, are they they're the three in control, then Gibbs then Gibbs will probably win the stage, you know. But if Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick are in control of this line instead of the other three, then Bubba Wallace probably wins out, you know. But I think that proves that there – I mean, there is going to be a split agenda there with the Toyotas. I mean, throughout these stages, you're going to have different right. agendas. I think Denny Hamlin truly is the X factor here. He always is. Because if – I, because I'll be honest, if I – and, you know, if I were Joe Gibbs, I would have sat Denny Hamlin down and said, look, if it comes down to it, you're helping this 54. You're not helping the 23. Yeah, and you know Maybe what? that's why his contract hasn't been signed said, yet. Uh, yeah, this is where we're going with this. I said, to hell with you. I'm going to Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Take 2311 I mean, with him. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to tell me. I mean, listen, listen. Love Joe Gibbs. Love Denny Hamlin. But at the end of the day, like, this is a business. And if, and if Denny Hamlin is getting told how to run his business by somebody else, then move to somebody else who will appreciate your business more. You know, sure. they, I mean... Toyota, Toyota, I mean, in my opinion, has has little to no impact. They're not. There's little. There's little impact on the manufacturer. I'm just laughing you know, that uh, if that were to happen, let's say 2311 does go somewhere else, Ford, Chevy, you're essentially replacing 2311 with Legacy, and uh, yeah, that's just a slight downgrade. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a downgrade yeah. for the. Uh... <laughs> It would be a well, down. I mean, like, it would be a downgrade for both because I think overall the Toyota camp's better than the Ford camp. Uh, simply, but it's also a downgrade because twenty three eleven is a better team than than Legacy. So, yeah. um, I, I didn't want to go off all the way on the tangent, but you know, I really think that like, I really think that you know they're just collectively they're going to be forced to put their hands up in the air and say whatever. However, these six guys worked this out is going to be the control is going to be the kind of where, where Ty Gibbs and bubble Wallace's fate lies heading into stage three. And when stage three happens, the gloves come off. You know what I mean? At this point, you know, you're on your own. Well, regardless so much. Yeah, I, I would agree. Regardless of what happens in stage one and two, I think in stage three, I think you're right. I think the gloves come off everybody. Like if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't, you know, whatever you know find your own help uh but i do think um 
And I honestly, I think the pressure is more on Ty Gibbs uh, to earn stage points in stage one and two. I think Bubba would like to, uh, because if Bubba earns enough stage points in stage one and two, he can basically say, all right, you've got to win. You know, if you want to, if you want to make it, you got to, you got to win to beat me. Um, But we'll see. I'm going to say one more thing because we have seen it before. NASCAR could be an even in a difficult spot after this weekend because what if, like, say, just a hypothetical, not that he would or anything, but say Ty Gibbs coming coming around to the checkered flag is in second behind Bubba and wrecks him on purpose for the win. Like, what do you do if you're NASCAR? Because technically, intentionally wrecking someone's a big no-no, but... I think at Daytona you can you can make something look like an accident pretty easily. Like I don't know. Just, just make sure you don't have uh, Dylan. Just make sure you don't have white gloves on where they can see you. <laughs> yeah. They learned that lesson. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, congratulations, Chase. You've earned the playoff. Um, um anyways, uh we do have one that we've spent a lot of time on our uh almost the entirety of our show on on our cup review here. Um, we're going to very quickly go over, just, uh, go over what happened at Watkins Glen. Uh, Sam Mayer picked up the win. Uh, the, uh, pretty aggressive move on, on Ty Gibbs to win. Uh, Mayer said he will hopped, uh, getting Bullshit. into it, it. It was a mistake. Um, I would also agree with Zach on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think he will hopped, but it was not a mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean um, he got in there pretty hot, but I don't think it was a mistake. <laughs> let's let's be completely honest here. Sam Mayer may have got the checker checkered flag, but the real winner was us because <laughs> we got we got the incredible soundbite that was Ty Gibbs saying. Uh, He's got more starts than me, and he's celebrating his second win. Really wish I could have gotten my thirteenth there today. Like, and I race on Sundays. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I race on Sunday. It. Yeah. So, like, uh, oh man, that was uh, that was by far my favorite part of the Xfinity Series race, and uh, you know, simply simply because of that, uh, Ty Gibbs. Well, Sam I'm, rooting, Sam I'm rooting for like, you. Sam Mayer going like, oh, I'm. I bet we're all glad an Xfinity regular one, and then they go to Austin Hill. Somebody else is talking. This was like Austin Hill. Just like, I've lost all respect for Sam Mayer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I don't think that they really all thought the same thing you did there, Sam. And I mean, here's the thing: uh, we 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 were definitely around talking about the Ty Gibbs thing last year, and it was wrong. This is also wrong. Um, I mean, Sam Sam, this rivalry obviously is legit. It's might be the best rivalry in NASCAR now. Um. And here's to hoping it keeps going, and I hope Sam gets a cup ride so we can see this on Sundays. Uh, he's definitely wrong for this, though. But in his head, he's justified, and um, and I'm here for the entertainment. I, I agree. I'm also here for the uh, for the entertainment. Uh, real quick, uh, let's take a very quick look at the uh, the playoff standings for the Xfinity Series. Um, Nemechek, Austin Hill, well ahead with uh, with five and four wins apiece. Uh, Sam Mayer jumps up to fourth on the uh, the playoff grid with two wins. Barry looking pretty good, 106 to the good. It would take something pretty significant, I think, to knock him out. Hemrick, Creed, and Herps, 28, 22, and three points above the cut line. Parker Kligerman, three points out. 
Brandon Jones 61 points out, and Brett Moffitt 108. Those are the only three uh, drivers below the cut line that can point their way in with three races left in the Xfinity Series uh, regular season. So, uh, Hell yeah. Let me tell you, if Riley Herbst fumbles his bag so damn hard, he misses the playoffs. Ooh, we're having a party on the show. Not to mention, we've got Daytona coming up for them as well. So, uh, you know, Jeremy Jeremy Clements got the win uh, there last year. So he's one that we don't see on that list. Uh, Ryan Sieg's usually pretty good at, at uh, super speedway racing. He hasn't gotten a win yet, but definitely one I'd look out for. Uh, that kind of wraps up our, uh, our pretty lengthy race review segment. Let's get into our scuff stories. Uh, we've got a few news uh, news pieces to talk about. All right, Zach, I'm going to go to you on this, and I'm going to give you a two-minute time limit okay. on this. Uh, yeah. Rumor has it, that, and, and rumors fly around all the time, Denny Hamlin could be a free agent. We talked about his contract earlier. There's rumors that 2311 could be uh, involved with that. Uh does Denny Hamlin come back to JGR and Toyota next year uh, and bring 2311 with him? Or is there a significant possibility that we could see him somewhere else? Zach, you've got two minutes. Uh, you know, this is like the nice girl you meet and then you find out she has kids. Uh, not that they're a deal breaker for anybody, but they are something extra to consider. Um, so it's obviously a legit possibility. Is I'd want to be with the Ford. Did we lose Chevy? Zach, Chevy. Can you hear me now? There we go. Yeah, yeah. You're right. good. Did y'all hear everything I was saying? Where did I, where did I, where did I cut off? At? Um, I heard it's certainly a possibility, and then that was about uh, it. It's certainly a, certainly a possibility you can go to Ford. Um, it's not obviously. I haven't heard any Chevrolet talk. Nobody's heard Chevrolet talk, and I feel like their their deck's a little too thick for him to go over there. Um, but ultimately I think that I, we kind of talked about it, but I, I think that Toyota has too much invested in their development pipeline right now. Like they have too many prospects to not retain 2311 in some sort of fashion. Now, I mean, my heart, uh, I've definitely talked about my heart, you know, behind the scenes, but my heart wants to to stay in that 11 car. My heart wants him to stick with FedEx. I know FedEx is gone through some new leadership changes and uh, the CEO of the company that's wanting to cut it down a little bit, they're spending. Now, why on earth they still like fund the Washington Commander Stadium uh, is beyond me. Instead of funding something that's winning like Denny Hamlin, but nevertheless, if they want to cut it out of the racing, um, I, really, I don't think, I think if FedEx backs all the way out of this, then he's, he's, he's gone um, and he's going to be a 2311. Unfortunately, and I think that 2311, however, is a Toyota team next season with Denny Hamlin possibly on there. But really, this lies solely on FedEx's shoulders if they can pick up uh, like half the season, probably. Fair enough. We'll see what happens with Denny Hamlin. Someone who's no longer a free agent, uh, Austin Hill, uh, he has signed a multi year extension. Uh, with RCR, he will be competing in the number 21 Xfinity car next year uh, for sure. We'll see what his uh, future, uh, where his future lies. 
Uh, it's certainly going to be with RCR, it looks like. Um, so good job for Austin getting that deal done. Um, there were rumors that he could be driving the 31 for Colleague in the Cut Series next year. That is clearly not the case. Um, another piece of news, Josh Berry will drive the number 42 for Legacy Motor Club at Daytona. They have not yet announced uh, who all is going to be driving uh, that 42 for the remainder of the season. Um, Something I thought about, I know we haven't really seen Jimmy Johnson much uh, since the incident with his, uh, I believe it's his mother-in-law and father-in-law, um, but uh, he could possibly run some races in that 42 since he was announced in the 84 already. Um, don't know what other races he had scheduled originally, but thought maybe the Roval or something like that he could run. Yeah, that would, uh, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to seeing Jimmy Johnson. I think uh, trying to make the best of a bad situation for uh, for Legacy, I think having him drive would be uh, would be fun. Um, Chandler Smith will drive the number 13 uh, cup car for Colley this weekend uh, at Daytona, as well as his uh, Xfinity Series duties. Um NASCAR Classics launches. If you haven't checked that out yet, it's a uh, it's a pretty fun uh, new website uh, that NASCAR has launched uh, with a lot of old races. Uh, certainly, once you get into the more modern era, you get quite a few, almost every race that you can think of uh, back there. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, it's uh, it's got a lot of cool content there. Uh, you can see anything, uh, any race you can possibly think of, probably. <coughs> uh, <coughs> finally, uh, something that I know that uh, that all of us are invested in, uh, NASCAR could potentially be done with motorsport games. Uh, <laughs> uh, motorsport games uh, has released some uh, less than uh, less than reputable. Uh, releases uh over the course of their time with the nascar license uh and it looks like nascar is officially going to be getting out of that license uh and they're going to according to rumors uh we'll know more on september 30th but there are rumors that they're going to be <coughs> getting rid of the uh of the license altogether at least for now and letting the uh the gaming rights be open to uh to different companies so we could get uh, a few companies maybe try their hand uh with a nascar game we've got nascar arcade rush coming out a little bit later which is going to be kind of an arcade style nascar game uh, so potentially good news for nascar console gamers like most of us are um <clears throat> with that being said let's uh let's play a quick round of feel goods or flats uh I couldn't go into Daytona week uh, without having this uh, as a part of our segment. Uh, and because we're so crunched for time, I'm only going to give you guys three. Um, but I hope you guys are ready for it. We're going to go rapid fire here. Uh, these are all going to be relating to the regular season finale here in Daytona. And uh, our first statement that I'm going to, I'm going to give you the 16th driver in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, makes it into the playoffs on points. Uh, is that a feel-good or a flat? Zach, I, I see you on my screen first, so I'm going to go to you, Zach Bell. Flat. 
All right, Dan, what say you? Is that a feel-good or a flat? Mama Seeger says that is a flat. I got to agree with Zach and Mama Seeger. It's a flat, bud. Mike, what say you? Is that a feel-good or a flat? That's definitely a flat. <laughs> Zach Williams, are you uh, are you any different? Are you on? No, I'm with you guys. That's flat. You know what? I'll be the lone. I'll be the lone wolf here. I say it's feel good. I I don't think we get a new winner uh, at Daytona, and I think that uh, the 16th driver makes it in on points. So uh, we're going to go with that. Uh, but I'm glad that most of you said flat because my second uh, uh, my second one uh, is this. This is going to mean uh, this is going to mean a little more to you, Zach Williams, uh, Chase Elliott makes it into the playoffs with a win, a walk-off win in Daytona. Uh, Zach Williams, I'm going to start with you. Feel good. I, I kind of had a, right? I, I had a feeling on that one. Mama Seeger says a flat on that one as well. Mike? Flat. Dan I, wants – I am going to change go ahead, my Mike. first answer to a feel good, actually, but – it's more of a logistics thing because even if there's a new winner, technically the 16th driver would be Harvick or Keselowski, and they still get in on points. So that's true, but you, <laughs> the you 16th know what? 16th I mean. to lock in. You get yeah, 16th driver to lock See, in. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm gonna go All with right. a flat. Chase Hill is not good. It's not the greatest of super speedways. Uh, it's a flat. Zach, what say you? Is that a feel good or a flat? Chase Elliott. Flat as a toothpick's ass. Wow. That's uh that's pretty bold there. That's a bold statement there for Zach. I think that one that one stung a little bit for Zach Williams. There. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold my comment back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it back. <laughs> um, you know what? Next week you can. It's got a it's got a few words that I, I can't say online. You know. Listen, I'm not. The Zach and Zach love each other because their drivers love each other. Right. I'm gonna we're, say we're the Coca-Cola uh, family. I'm going to say that that one is a uh, flat as well because I think uh, the 16th driver is going to get in on points anyway. So uh, for our final one, uh, this is kind of a rapid-fire session here. Our final question uh, is in relation to the uh, the regular season championship. Martin Truex Jr. holds on to the regular season championship and gets the 15 extra playoff points. What's is that a point feel good? Right now? It is 39. Martin, Martin Truex Jr. has a 39-point gap over Denny Hamlin. Uh, is that a feel good or a flat? I'll start. I'll say feel good. I gotta support the team. Zach Bell, you can go ahead. Call it a flat. I don't. You know. Uh, I was gonna say that's a feel good, actually. Wow. All right. I I don't think that there's gonna be enough separating these two. Uh, unless 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 Truex wrecks, it's the only way. Uh, Denny Hamlin makes up that gap. So no. Damn, what say you? Feel good or flat? Uh, I'm going to agree with, with both of you guys. I think this is a feel good. Um, kind of earlier what Zach was saying with the fact that Toyota's pretty much going to be racing together most of this race. Um, one team, one crew. All six cars are going to be pretty close together. I don't think there's going to be a 39-point uh, difference unless there's a wreck and one of them gets caught up. So, But I, I think it's a feel good. I think he holds on to it. Mike, what say you? Martin Truex Jr. holding on to the regular season title. Oh, that's a feel good. They're, yeah. I don't even need to justify it. Zach Williams, what say you? Is that a feel good or flat? Uh, I say feel good, and I hope it's feel good because I definitely don't want Denny Hamlin winning. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, that'll do it for our uh, for our feel good or flat segment here. So let's go ahead and hop into our race preview, uh, get our picks for this weekend, um, and we're going to go that 
uh, we're going to do that rapid fire as well. Zach Williams, we're going to start with you. We've got Xfinity and Cup racing at Daytona uh, on Friday and Saturday night, respectively. And then the Truck Series actually gets to take the Sunday afternoon slot, uh, racing the Milwaukee Mile for uh, for their playoff spot. Uh, so, Zach, I'm going to start with you. Who are your picks for the Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks? And uh, if you want, you can feel free to add in who you think the 16th playoff driver is for the Cup Series. Oh, that's easy. My answer is going to be the same. It's going to be Chase Elliott for Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping so because I'm going to be there, and that would be awesome. I, I don't know what I'll do if he wins that and I'm there. Uh, and Correct. then for Xfinity, streak. yeah, I might streak. We'll see. <laughs> that I'm not going to be there. <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys got to bail me out of jail, though, if I streak. Yeah, I'll pay the bond. <laughs> um, so that's that, in that, the that's in the scuffs after dark budget. There we go. We got it. Go fund me. Um, my Xfinity is Austin Hill because it's Daytona and that's Austin Hill. And then uh, I feel like Carson Hosovar can get it done for the trucks. All right, those are good picks, Mike. What say you here? We've got three races and then a 16th playoff driver. There you go. Um, as far as the trucks go. Kind of hard to tell from the stats, considering out of the last time they raced the Milwaukee Mile was in 2009, and the only person that's active today that was in that race was Matt Crafton. There you um, go, Matt Crafton. That's what I'm hearing. Well, that's, <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to have to go with. Last, Ron Hornaday Jr. won that race in 2009. Um, For the Xfinity Series, I'm actually going to have to go with John Hunter. I think he gets a win there. And then Cup, as always, it's Daytona. It's crapshoot. I'm just going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch getting it done in the Daytona summer race where he did not get it done in the Daytona 500. Um, so, Micah, do you, who takes the, uh, the 16th spot then in the, uh, in the Cup playoffs? I'm going to say Gibbs. We'll see how that how that turns out. Dan, what say you? Who's uh, who's going uh, to the playoffs and who's getting a win? Uh, playoffs and win. It's going to be a walk off. Um, I just got a feeling he's always been good at the super speedways. But AJ Allmendinger, Collard Racing, they're going to do it. I got a feeling that it's got a weird hunch. Um, for Xfinity, I'm actually going with Parker Kligerman, um, with the 48 car. He's won at Talladega and the Truck Series with the underfunded team. Uh, he's an Xfinity with a pretty good funded team. They have a good alliance with RCR. Um, obviously, Austin Hill was our, RCR's won quite a bit of the Super Studio races, so I think they may have a little bit of luck there. And for the trucks, I'm actually going to go with Tom Majeski. Um, I know he hasn't really ever raced there because, like he said earlier, it's only been Matt Crafton. But uh, I just Majeski's got this little this thing about him about pulling pulling things out of the hat at these tracks he's never been to. So I think he's going to get it. Ty Majeski certainly has the hot hand. He's coming off a win uh, in the opener, uh, playoff opener here. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Zach, what say you for our uh, for our final regular season picks here? Uh, I'll start with the truck series. Uh, I'm taking a guy who I think has run here before, not in a truck, obviously. Uh, Derek Krause running a one-off here, and he's a local, so maybe he's had some experience at the Milwaukee Mile uh, in the Xfinity series. Uh, I think the college trains are working in the Xfinity series. I'm going to take Chandler Smith. 
to go out and win this race. I think I think this is the time that they finally trump Austin Hill. Uh, and in the Cup Series, I'm being pulled in many different directions. Um, I do think we see a surprise winner. Um, but I actually think this person's already won. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse is my pick. Um, and that means that Bubba Wallace will point his way in to the powers that be. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with uh, for my truck series pick on Sunday. I'm going to go with Grant Enfinger. Uh, he did really well at IRP uh, last year, getting the win uh, at a track that they had not been to in quite a while. Uh, I think he can do that again uh, in Milwaukee. Um, for the Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Sieg. I think he gets his first career win. It's not been the season that they've been looking for. Uh, Daytona is a pretty good track for him, though. We see him run well at these super speedway-style tracks. Uh, and I think luck finally swings his way. Uh, so I'm going to go with Ryan Sieg uh, for the Xfinity Series. And for the Cup Series, I don't think we see a new winner. I think we see a driver that's already won. Uh, and I think we're going to get Denny Hamlin uh, getting the win at Daytona. Um, he's always good at super speedways, typically in the 500, but I think this time he gets it done in the 400. And that <clears throat> leaves the 16th driver in the playoffs being Bubba Wallace. Uh, I think Bubba holds on to the points gap. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if that comes to pass. Uh, we look forward to Daytona. It's always a uh, it's always a crazy uh, always a crazy race. Uh, Saturday night race, one of the few that we have uh, throughout the season. So be sure to tune in Saturday night, uh, and be sure to have your fantasy lineups done by Saturday night. <clears throat> um, we'll go ahead and give you guys. Yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and get everyone a fantasy update. Uh, I told Zach Williams to to pop up our website because it's actually been updated for the first time since Martinsville. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> we see our, our top five uh, finishers from this weekend in Watkins Glen, uh, and then the top five in the overall league standings. And if you don't see your name on there, and if you've uh, you've run with us, uh, you can check out our link up at the top and that'll give you not only the link to join us if you haven't but also the link um also the link to uh to check your stats uh from this past weekend's race so yeah be sure to to check that out and uh we want to thank everybody for watching uh it's been a little bit of a longer episode uh we had a lot to talk about uh i want to go ahead and let you guys know though uh, it's going to be an even longer episode next week uh, because we are going to be doing a two-hour special next week uh, for our. We're going to combine our playoff prediction show, uh, and we're going to add on uh, an hour for our typical commentary as well. So we're going to start an hour early. It'll be at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, we'll remind you of that. Uh, but keep in mind, keep that in mind. It's going to be a two-hour special uh, for running on scuffs next week, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about the sixteen playoff drivers. We're going to predict it all the way down to the champion in Phoenix. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So we hope to see you guys there. It should be a fun two-hour show. 
Um, and we hope to see you guys there for all of it, giving us your opinions as well. Uh, as always, be sure to check out our social media, our website, uh, audio versions of the podcast, anywhere you see it below. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate all the support. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, get some closing comments, and we'll wrap this show up, uh, starting with uh, Zach Williams. You're going to be at the track this weekend. So, uh if you're looking for a for a crazy guy uh, wearing a Chase Elliott hat um, in the sea of Chase Elliott hats, I'm sure uh, oh, you might you might find Zach Williams down there. Um, Zach, are you excited for for this weekend? I'm so excited. I wait have been waiting for this race since last year when I was at the race, just because it's the only race I really get to go to for the cup series. Uh, Cause the 500 is always super expensive and sold out. So I'm very excited. Yeah. We're excited to, to see what you find. We're excited to, to get some pictures uh, up on our website and we're, uh, we're hoping that you have a great time down there. Be safe. Uh, Mike, uh, what say you for our, our only running on scuffs member to have somewhat cool weather at the moment. Um, um, I'm looking forward to the absolute chaos that is this weekend. I think it's going to be an amazing race and I'm looking forward to our two hour show next week. Praise hail, praise Dale. Yeah, I am as well. Our other resident Florida man, Mr. Dan Foster. What say you? Are you excited for this weekend? Uh, I'm I'm always a, a huge fan of the Super Speedways. Um, when I go back and and watch those races, like we talked about earlier on the YouTube channel, uh, those are usually the first ones I look at. Um, but uh, no, I'm excited to, to watch some some Super Speedway action. Um, to me, honestly, the Xfinity Series puts on the best Super Speedway races. Um, but uh, we got Cup and Xfinity this weekend, and the trucks on Sunday. So I'm gonna probably be spending a lot of time in this chair watching the TV. Um, may have a nice cold beverage in my hand to keep cool in this hot summer weather. Uh, but uh, I, I hope we have a, a good, safe weekend. I know Daytona always has the, the risk of injuries, but um, hopefully uh, our, our friend Zach Williams stays too, too far away from the fence and too far away from the Hooters across the street from the track. <laughs> yeah, I'll be at the Hooters for sure. Oh, I know. I know you gotta, you gotta support. You gotta support Chase Elliott in any way he can. Um, all right, yeah, that's Zach, what he's doing. Yeah, that's, uh, what he's doing. that's exactly that's what, what he's doing. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna tell everybody. Anyway, gives a girl a tip. Uh, gives a girl a tip in the name of Chase. She's like, um, <laughs> all right, Zach Bell. It's uh, it's been a while. It's been almost uh, it's been almost all summer. Uh, why don't long. you uh, why don't you hit us with a signature sign off here? Yeah, I want to thank my parents for supporting my my racing addiction. Um, it's grown a little bit. Uh, I have been away. I uh, worked a summer camp. I made friends with my coworkers who also supported my racing addiction. So shouts out to them. Um, uh, which, I mean, awesome as well. But, of course, thanks to my parents. It'll be an interesting week trying to be able to watch racing this week. Um, it should get, I should be able to watch everything. I'll be back next week. Um, and uh, tune in next week where I will make all of your wildest dreams come true for all the non-Chase Elliott fans. And uh, I'll <laughs> eulogize Chase Elliott's entire season I'm right here on Chase the show. I'm not a Chase Elliott we have, fan. We have the time for it. Justin, Justin planned to do our show 
so that I could sit here and properly and eulogize. At, at, at the end of the year, we, we'll get to eulogize uh, Denny Hamlin's non-championship season. Another choke you know session. What? You know, uh, you know what, Zach? I'm I'd just rather gonna... choke the championship away than not even participate in it. Fair and valid so. point. You know, as a Truex fan from last year, I feel like that was somewhat personal. <laughs> <laughs> what was? <laughs> I, I feel the the not making the playoffs part. <laughs> I, it was not meant that you would all listen. It was. I listen. know. I know. <laughs> and I know that there are certain people in this world who believe I hate Chase Elliott. That's not true. I don't hate Chase Elliott. I don't hate Chase Elliott fans. But listen, when you commit a crime, you've got to do the time. And this is this is all karma. And I, I pray that his karma is gone after Daytona, you know. Uh, and maybe maybe Chase wins like six playoff races or something. And uh, we'll have nothing to show for it. That would actually be the best karma. <clears throat> That would be uh, that would be interesting. All right, well we've all right. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we've got, like I said, we've got a two-hour show coming up next week, so we will be seeing you guys an hour early next week to uh, to predict the playoffs, and we're going to unfold all the crazy action that happens at Daytona this weekend. I'm sure it'll be a fun one. Uh, we hope to see you guys next week, and we appreciate all the support. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on Running on Scuffs.